I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Sweatcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by John Joms Deuce. That's Joms not even Deuce. John Deuce. Deuce and Special Josh Braun, also heat. known as James Douse. <laughs> the heat has uh, gone to your brain, my friend. You've got the cardiac spray in there. It's been a hell of a long day. Mr. James Douse is in this room somewhere, and Josh Brown as well. Hello. Hello. Somewhere. Somewhere, so we thought we'd do a, a question and answer podcast, do a nice little uh, Josh. You refer to it as a chill heatwave podcast, which is in right. itself makes about as much sense as my introduction. But we'll get through as many <laughs> questions as we can as you do a little face. Well, this is it, man. I, I just thought you know, today, you know, none of us have the brain power to talk about <laughs> the industry in the depth that we normally do. So I thought, you know, yeah. why don't we answer some fun questions and just try to take our minds off the heat outside and hopefully whoever is listening to this take your mind also off the <laughs> nightmarish heat wave that we've by had the time this, this is done i think it's been like rained ludicrously or something after this yeah. so there's a chance that this goes up and it makes no sense at all because the half the uk will be underwater by then now nah, man my good friends at uh, bbc weather told me that it was still 23 degrees tomorrow <laughs> so uh, rain or not it's still gonna be wham it's still gonna consistency be it's a little bit George Michael. It's a little, little bit thing. George Michael. That's exactly what I was going to say. You can finish my sandwiches. You are so good. <laughs> so basically, um, I put the call out on Twitter. I said, look, as many questions as you can get to us in the next hour, and we'll get through as many as we can. So we will do just that. First question from the Irish Patriot, who says, best platform game of all time, and why is it Hercules on the PlayStation 1? James Dowse, are you in agreement? No, 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 no. Platformer, <laughs> like the platforming genre as a yes. whole, I'm assuming. I yes. uh, disagree with you there and say it is Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> oh, not Super Mario Galaxy yes. 64. My gut goes oh. to Crash Bandicoot 3, but that might also be insanity. Josh Brown, where do you come mm. in? Well, first off, I want to say that I think they have got it in one because Hercules on the PlayStation 1 <laughs> is the first game I ever played. So, of course, oh. that holds a mm. soft spot in my, ha- my heart. However, if I was going to say my actual, you know, not four-year-old opinion of that game. It probably doesn't hold up as well as Crash Bandicoot 2, which is officially the best platformer of all time. Crash Bandicoot 3 can suck it because three is uh, because two is where it's at. God, the heat is going to my brain. It is not where it's at. It was never where it's at. And Crash Three is, I was going to say, is the only good one. It's not. It's just one of the best ones. Do you mean Wrath of Cortex is the best one? Was that? I mean that. No, Wrath of Cortex is underrated. It is great. It is the first crash I played, and arguably the best one. 
Oh, this is Josh's Final Fantasy logic, and I don't, I can't, I can't get with that. It really is. Wrath of Cortex um, has really good bosses. Sorry to jump in there, Scott. I'm going to just kind of go against you for a second because Crash 3 I love. Crash 3 might be the Crash game that I've played the most. You know, I loved it as a kid. However, it's also the most gimmicky. And as an adult, if I'm talking about pure platforming, it has too many racing segments. It has too many flying segments. It has too many underwater segments Mm. for me to enjoy it as much as I do Crash 2, which I think is tight and perfect. What you are saying is that there are fundamentally, scientifically less platforms in Crash yes. 3, which I, I can massively get behind that, to be honest. If we're, if we're grading on a platform ratio, then maybe Neon White is the best platformer ever made. But Outrageous. It's, it's, a, it's a tough time. What do you guys it, think it, about... Sorry, James. I was going to like... say, my weird take is that I prefer Spyro to Crash. Oh, Dallas. Um, yeah. I always I knew there was something... Some not right, you, James. Down. To be fair, when those can... trilogies came out, Spyro was out the one I hundred percented over Crash. Oh, I okay, I'll back that because I think that the way that they remade the Spyro trilogy is just more consistent and just better yeah. quality than the remake oh. of the Crash trilogy because they yeah. took Crash 3's physics and they put them in Crash One and Two, which made all the muscle mm-hmm. memory not work. Who so cares, just, man? Who cares? As an old man, <laughs> there's got to latch onto something in this world. Um, but yeah, I think if you're going to compare the gimmickiness of Crash Three and the gimmickiness of Spyro Three. Then I still love Crash Three, but Crash Three doesn't have a penguin with a rocket launcher, does it? It's yeah. it's a yeah. tough line to split. You also Absolutely can't skateboard in Crash Three, if I recall. If they added skateboarding in, maybe you would have been able to of go up the, against Spyro. Of all the skateboarding minigames and skateboarding modes that made their way into video games, well, how did Metal Gear Solid get one and Crash didn't? Like, how do we? How is that the timeline we're on? Maybe it's too obvious, man. Like Crash was supposed to be hip, wasn't he? He was supposed to supposed be cool. To be. Maybe giving him a kind of skateboard would be like giving him tribal tattoos. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They did that, didn't they? They did. Yeah. They did do that. Uh, Next question down. What's your favorite ice cream? And then brackets on a stick. So I guess it's depend. You can have tub if you want, or you can have one of those spherical. It has to be on a stick. Uh, Well, brackets on a stick. So it's, it's up to you, man. On a What's corn. What's your favorite ice cream? Surely, on a corn show? every time. And you know what? I, I, I always have the same order. The same uh, order sure with ice did. cream. Just one mint choc chip every time. No variation. Sometimes <laughs> vanilla, if that's all me mum and dad have in. But if I'm going to the shop, it's mint choc chip and it's on a corn with a flake in. Oh, I think I I, must, yeah. I do back that. I can back that. Uh, I just think that, what's that strawberry raspberry ripple? I like the raspberry ripple. Mm. It's, uh, I like the word ripple and I'm a big fan of the raspberry ripple. Just to James together. I'm a big cornetto man. Mm, Which flavor? Uh, I'll go for the strawberry, but I like the chocolate one as well. Um, <laughs> I would uh, like to carry on with uh, chocolate fudge brownie from Ben and Jerry's. Okay, outstanding flavor. But if my go-to is a ninety-nine at a uh, little, oh, like you know, like a pack, two pound fifty now. It's just, <laughs> that's, that's a I was joke. A, I was a, um, I can't even think where it's. I might be, might be Jackson's Landing in the northeast of England, and it was five mm. English pounds for a ninety-nine. You're still called a ninety-nine. I know I sound about ninety years old now, but good lord, mate. What, be what a is a ninety-nine actually called? Like, surely it's not called a ninety-nine. No, they, they trademarked it. Cadbury's bought the ninety-nine trademark, oh, and that they? was when they started jacking it up because they can fundamentally call it a ninety-nine. They can charge whatever they want. It's a oh, stupid loophole. <laughs> I know, right? It's like the yeah. original microtransaction push. What I never uh, knew is that in the northeast, you all call it monkey blood, the yes. strawberry sauce. Yeah. That never heard that what before. Do you call it? Strawberry sauce. Oh, no. strawberry sauce. Yeah. 
I don't know why it's monkey's blood. Because the Geordie man was like, would you like any uh, monkey blood? I'm like, I don't know what that meant. I don't know what you just said to me then. <laughs> was that Jim Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he offers in the, uh, the executive lounge. Just some monkey blood. Hey, I used to be scared of monkey's blood when I was a kid. I would never get any kind of thing on my ice cream. It would literally be a flake and then a right. whippy and that's it. But I think just like Northerners are just inherently more creative, James Douse. I think that's why we get mm. monkey's blood. You just uh, get yeah. strawberry sauce. Like monkey's blood has a lot of mystery to it. You don't know what that mm. is. It could literally yeah. be blood for all you know, which is why I was always that's scared of it. That's what I thought it was when I was a kid. Yeah. Also, shout out to monkey puzzle trees. That's going to, three people are going to know what, that, what they are, but monkey puzzle trees are also a thing that are nicknamed. Not ice cream. No, they're just actual trees. Carry on. Could I ask a question? Oh, no, this is a tree where a monkey can't climb. Yes. They, yeah, they're, 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 they're everywhere. But that's what you guys call it. It's a, a tree that a monkey can't climb. Well, I don't know. Monkey puzzle trees. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. okay. Okay. Just Ron, you were going to say something. Yes, I was just going to ask you, uh, both of you mentioned strawberry-flavored ice cream there. Yes. Now, yeah. for me, I'm, I'm branching this off from ice cream to just sweets generally. You know, if you had like a fruit pastel or if you had, you know, any other kind of sweet. A sweet shared universe. A sweet shared universe. I've never been a strawberry man and I've never been a raspberry man <laughs> because I always go for the greens and the purples when it comes to any kind of sweet treat. So I go okay, for the okay. mints when it comes to ice cream and I go for the apple flavored uh, sweets oh. like when I have a fruit oh. pastel. Yeah. And I, I used to think that was normal. I used to think everyone preferred the greens and the purples. But when I kind of went to university and expanded my mind a little bit, I realized that most people that I know now like the reds. Like You went the... down the post office, you realize you've been Oranges. living a lie. Yeah. <laughs> the guy at the post office was like, you're not going to send that parcel if you don't give me four raspberry sweets. And I no, was like, you Jesus. need to get yourself on the raspberry ripple. It's, it's, it's <laughs> so you'd intentionally eat the green starbursts? I would only eat the green oh, starbursts. Or the lime ones, no. opal fruits. It's the way forward. Oh man, like see, this is, well, this is perfect. This is why we compliment each other because yeah. not only yeah. do we have good chats on podcasts, but when we eat sweets, you can have all the ones I don't want, and you yeah, won't be feeling yeah. like they're trade offs. You know what I mean? You'll be like, oh, mm -hmm. those are the good stuff, and I'll be like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll massively back yeah. that. And uh, we've successfully done two questions. So next question, um, which is more of a statement <laughs> from Matthew McGowan, who says, "Not a question, but nobody ever talks about Jade Empire, Kotor, Mass Effect, Dragon Age. All get talked about, but everyone forgets Jade Empire. It's not a hidden gem; it's a forgotten masterpiece." Now, I've never finished Jade Empire, but I do back that it's a bit of a. I, I would say a forgotten gem to hybridize the two. But I don't know what you guys come down on Jade. Empire. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why nobody uh, talks about it. He thinks Final Fantasy is all separate. He has not heard of Jade Empire. <laughs> Got the homework this week. I never <laughs> played Jade Empire, uh, but it, which is weird because I I loved Bioware stuff, mm. but just never went back to play it. So I actually don't have a horse in this race either. But I know people who love Jade Empire. Bloody love. I know Jade Jules Empire. does. Like yeah, yes. Jade Empire is just because it's such an Eastern theme Bioware RPG. Like it's it's a, such a cool game. They should absolutely bring it back out or refine the combat, and it would be it would be perfect. I think the reason that a lot of people bounce off it is because of the combat. Um, next question from Josh Youngman, who says, have any of you ever felt a weird, anxious inertia about starting a new game and just gone back to the old faithfuls instead? If so, how did you get past it? Mr. James Dow's nodding. Uh, so Ghost of Tushima was my, and currently still <laughs> is my big one, where I really want to play it, and I right. hover over it, and then I instead play literally anything else. Is it I Fortnite really, again? really want I, to I see you coming. Hey, Scott, you said it. I didn't say it. <laughs> but, like, I really, really want to play it, but the anxiety of just getting back into it. Same with Dark Souls 2. That's next on my list. And I don't want to do it because I know what it's like. The anxiety is coming back to me. So mm -hmm. I just play Rocket League or Fortnite or whatever. Uh, very Brown? bad. Very bad to talk about on podcasts because like, that's all I ever refer back to. Fortnite. 
<laughs> sadly, no, I, it's think true. I think this is a great question because I think this is something that happens to like a lot of people and then we don't really talk about it because it just mm. seems like a strange problem to have. Like, why do you get anxiety about starting a new game? You know, I've got it recently where, you know, me and Scott talked in the Monday podcast, The Wind Up, about how I had a bit of a break and then I suddenly got back to games with a real hunger and I had like a list of 10 things that I wanted to play. However, having a list is fine, but actually committing to one in knowing that it's going to take 50 hours of your life before you get to the next mm. one. That's where my anxiety starts. So I've started Oblivion recently and I've kind of been trepidatious and I haven't been enjoying it as much as I want to because I'm thinking about all of the other games that I could be playing. <laughs> and that is something that I haven't had in a long time. I used to get it really bad during university where you would have set time off and I would want to get through games as quickly as possible, you know, in the in the weeks and sometimes months that I had off. But I was just always thinking about the next game. And mm. that's come back to me in this past year in a way that it never has before. And it's kind of weirdly stressful, man, because you want to experience right. them and you don't want to rush through them. You want to give each game, you know, it's due. But when those games can take you 50 to 100 hours, that is imposing. Yes, I massively back that. And this is my reason that it puts me off films sometimes, where I'm like a three-hour yeah. film. I'm like, that's my evening gone. Like, I just sort of, I'd rather yeah. do something else. And in most cases, I'd rather play a game <clears throat> or whatever it is. Um, I don't necessarily get anxiety anxiety over it, but my thing is returning to saves. Like, if I'm returning to a save and that initial, like, I load the thing up and I'm like, I don't even know what I was doing. I don't know what yeah. was going on. I feel like every game has needs like a mandated, like a five minute recap thing. And each dev can choose how they want to do it, whether it's like a digital comic or just a bunch of text on the screen or whatever. But um, Dragon's Quest Eleven has that where it just comes up with text and just says, hey, look, you've not been on here for a while. Here's what you would do in it. And just give me like a recap thing. Because um, like I said, I don't necessarily get anxiety, but I get like, a, oh, my God, I just... I just don't need this. So I just, I just, I'm I'd rather start over again um, or whatever. That's what I've been doing with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I thought I'd go back through that game because I never actually finished it. Um, and that's the thing. I know that game is like, I don't know, 60, 80 hours long. Like, it's one of those things. Um, but it's just something to sort of pick away at. But um, yeah, I can de definitely empathize with that idea of how the hell do you even just sign on for like 80 hours of your life? Um, trying to Wait, make it work. What you just mentioned there actually kind of adds to my anxiety because if I start <laughs> something of that length, I have to finish it because I can't go back to it because of the reasons that you mentioned. Like I couldn't pick up my Oblivion save after 40 hours after taking a month off because it would just stop the momentum dead mm -hmm. and I yeah. wouldn't be enjoying it as much as I, I, I used to. That's why I like to like finish games before moving on to the next thing rather than juggling a lot of stuff because I know I know myself tragically too well to understand that if I go back to a game that I've half finished a month after the fact, there's no way I'm getting back. I went back to Fable 3 after 10 years, <laughs> and that save was just me in a field. And I was like, I don't even know what's going on. I didn't restart the whole thing uh, to get something from that. Um, next question from Jack Asbury. Also, massive shout out to Jack Asbury. I copied one of his questions over for the Entitled Panda podcast and didn't include his name, so I referred to him as Anonymous Legend last week, and he's made himself known <laughs> on Twitter. So massive shout out to Jack Asbury. And um, he says, been replaying Grand Theft Auto 4 recently and just want to ask your thoughts on the remaster being cancelled. Also, isn't it weird how back then the game got two huge single-player expansions? I guess when you contrast to where Rockstar are now, they're just completely different uh, entities. But Mr. James Dallas, what do you think of, uh, of the way Rockstar's handled things? Uh, I'd have loved a uh, DLC for GTA 5, but why would they? They know that it's mm. not worth it. It's just money-wise. Why would you bin money? Um, All the story stuff but, that they were going to do is like in the online thing now. It just has single player yeah, cutscenes. Yeah. Have you played any of those at all, both of you? Not many. Any no. of them? Oh. 
You have only, them, Josh. Only some of the heists, yeah, but I haven't yeah. played. I think there's one where like Franklin comes into it again, yeah, and I've not played that one. Uh, it was only like, the tangential characters who were involved in the ones I did. Isn't like Dr. Dre a main character now? I was going to say he's on the artwork, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's a character. He's, what he's up to, but he's, yeah. yeah. But it's just uh, GTA 4, I loved all of the DLC for that. They were fantastic mm -hmm. games, but um, they're not going to do it, are they? Just release more I, trilogies. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's the big question with GTA 6 is like, how, how, how do you even carry on GTA Online? Is it like a separate location you can fly to or something like that? Like, I don't know what they do, but yeah, Rockstar, I like the definitive edition, how broken that thing was, that made me go, okay, I'm done. Like, you, you're, you don't care anymore. Like, you're a different thing entirely. All the creative leads that I used to love have all left. So, um, yeah, it is weird. But at the same time, if you look at the staff changeover, like, Rockstar are just not fundamentally the same company anymore um, in terms of the people that were leading those projects. Um, next question from someone called Daniel Durkin, who says, one specifically for Mr. James Douse, how does it feel to get three big old dubs in three oh. games on the bus? Thanks, oh, big fan. God. Now, is this Fortnite language in our... Yes, uh, big dub, uh, all that stuff. Uh, Dan, this one's for you. Great time, great time. All right, next question. <laughs> next question um, from Teddy the Elf, who says, "Will we do more War Culture Gaming quizzes, and would we do ones that are focused on specific franchises, like we did for Sonic that one time forever ago?" Quizzes are a thing uh, that we've done a big old amount of. James, are you going to dive in there? Sorry. Yeah, I feel like I could. I do don't it. want to bore people with the logistics of it, but mm. uh, we've got this huge office for it. Um, but we've been. <laughs> waiting to do them again yeah uh, but it's just it's getting a lot of people all at once in the yep. same room during after covid nobody likes doing that anymore yeah, it's it's, the, it's a the, lot harder than it was yes the covid numbers fluctuating yep. makes it very hard the yeah. state of the office the improvements that we need to make to the building things like that change it the fact that we had to hire scaffolding to make one of the setups work in the first place <laughs> was pretty funny um there has there was yeah. once mentioned mention of a gunge tank i don't know if that's ever going to be a thing <laughs> yep. i hope um, so <laughs> So we'll hope yeah. so. But I mean, yeah, I, I'm game for that stuff. The last one that I did was the GTA one. Um, I like the more yep. franchise-specific ones. Um, and yeah, basically, yes, we'd love to. Um, it's just a case of waiting until it's safe enough and it logistically makes sense for the amount of people that we can get in one place. Um, yeah. Next question from Mike, who says, who is the best guitar hero player at War Culture? Now, usually that I would have said me, but I bombed my ass off when I went back to Guitar Hero when we were... It was <laughs> so, me and Mr. Yeah. James House. I think you might have seen it live. We went to yeah, and played. It's a we, lot harder now. Yeah, I, I went back to it. I've not played it in a long time. I used to be like hang on expert. I used to be like keep up. I couldn't do all of Dragon Force, but I could do some of it. But I was the I was the guy on expert with the old orange fret having a whale of a time. And I went back mm -hmm. to it when we were out and about at some place with a, a Guitar Hero arcade machine. And I was like, oh, you look at me, you know, big, big dickers. And I couldn't hang at all. So it's I, I died. I think everyone likes to say that they're going to be the best guitar hero player because I wouldn't say I was the best guitar guitar hero player. Right. However, I would throw my hat in and say I was the best bass guitar hero player because that used to be, for lack of a better term, my main. When we were Ooh. like, you know, it, as a group, you know, I would either yeah, do yeah. the drums or I would do bass and I could do that quite well. However, we should do you on bass and Mr. James Dowse also on real bass playing the yes. same song mm. and see if I, I don't even know if they, how they link up. But there we go. Yeah. That's, that's the next quiz. That's the next <laughs> quiz. Sort of. yeah, we'll sort that out. We only need playing. two people for that. <laughs> that's the next foray Where's into the actual the audio coming from, Matt? Me or Josh hitting plastic? Well, I guess you'd, you'd see you the, the, um, the, the beauty of it. If you might just string a bunch of notes together, you take over. And that's yeah. the... 
of the competitive aspect. See, this is why we don't do quizzes anymore, because that's our best idea. What if Guitar Hero from 2007? Um, next question from PG Quips, who says, now we know how Gollum felt as he sang into the fiery hell of Mount Doom. Um, so with that in mind, um, what's everyone's favorite Lord of the Rings game? Kicking down those towers on the... Sorry, kicking down those ladders on two towers is hard to beat. Um, I might back that. I, I was always a two towers guy. I feel like that's the Tony Hawk's two versus three argument of the Lord of the Rings games. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Go on, Dallas. Quick question, Josh. Have you, actually, have you talked about Gollum yet? Uh, Not really. <laughs> Since the trailer the, the other day. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Uh, a trailer may or may not have come out about the yeah. Lord of the Rings Gollum, showing off how it finally plays, and it may or may Ooh. not be abysmal. But I am not going to pass judgment on that game until I play it because it's the most anticipated game of the year and could even knock Elden Ring off its top spot. But we'll see. For now, tentatively, I would say the best Lord of the Rings game is Lord of the Rings Gollum. But until <laughs> I can say that for sure, uh, I was always a Return of the King guy. Like, I love Two Towers, of course. I think they're like, you know, uh, neck and neck. It just, I preferred the color palette of Return of the, right, of right. the King. And I, I enjoy the ghost uh, soldiers who are in some of the levels. 
had a slow motion cheat which they took out of return of the king and that was always the thing that edged it for me i used to always go on two towers bang the slow motion cheat on and just defend helms deep in slow motion that young me thought that was the epitome of life well that does that absolutely rocks i will yeah. say though i'll throw in i never actually finished it but i loved um was it battle for middle earth it was like the turn-based combat really big one. rts one you, oh no, 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 no. no was, dude, you're thinking of Third Age, which was yes. incredible. Dude, yes, I love Third Age. That was awesome. Like, I, growing up, you know, I well documented, I never liked turn based combat, but mm. I loved it in uh, Lord of the Rings Third never, Age. You've never revealed this before. You're always like, oh, turn based ain't for me. If you liked Third Age, there's a seed in you that I, I can water the F out of. You'd this love is, that. This is the thing, though. I, I mean, I loved it when I was 11 years old, you know. I don't know if I will love it now. <laughs> You love Blink-182 back then, too. There's a way to make it work. James Dallas' favourite Lord of the Rings game. I don't know what that is. Never seen the films. Whatever. Carry on. Is that a new Amazon? No, no, no. I, I, I joke. What was the one where you put the ladders down? You knocked ladders down. That was two towers. I, mean, I think there's yeah, probably a bit one. of that in Return of the King and the Minister that's and the stuff. the only bit I remember from those games. I, I think um, that's because that was the big like showpiece bit of um, yeah. defending Helm's Deep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a good But going time. back to what you said earlier about like anxiety about like going into games and whatever, mm -hmm. my biggest anxiety is going into the Lord of Rings films. There's a reason I've not seen them. It's because four hours long or whatever they are, I can't do that. <laughs> Only the extended ones, which I will always hang my hat, if that's the phrase, suck. Watch the theatrical <laughs> ones. The extended stuff. I've only can... ever heard the opposite. I know. That's all everyone always told me. And I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy. Literally Lord of the Rings themed wedding. But I could not get away with the extended stuff. It just, you could tell that those scenes were removed. You could, they're shot like in a, just, they look low, lower budget. Um, watch the theatrical cuts. That two and a half hours, maybe, maybe three. Right. Um, dude, you, you, if you like your fan, you like Elden Ring. You can, you find something to fantasies. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon. One day, in the, one in day, the old Lord day. of the Rings. Yeah. How about instead I don't do that and I just watch uh, a playthrough of Lord of the Rings Gollum? <laughs> as long as you're happy, mate. As long as you get something to get you through the week. Why does Gollum's character model look like when you leave a potato in a cupboard for too long? He just looks hey. like a weird, elongated. I'm having thing. no Gollum slander on this chat, man. Like, the guy looks good. The guy's had a glow up, if anything, from the actual movies. He's had a. He's got some. He's got a nice bit of hair. He's got a good little trim in this new game, and he's got a nice little loin cloth. And his skin's looking better. So don't you be slagging him off in front of me. I won't be happy with it. If you took an onion and stuck a toothpick in it, and then stuck that into a potato, that's what he looks like. Listen, some might say that about you, Scott Tilford, but would I be on here saying it out loud? You know what I mean? Yes, you better. Someone should. If someone needs to point that out, then they do. Lord of the Rings Gollum <laughs> would be a miracle if that game's any good. But next question from Vin Van Meel, who says, Ahoy lads from each of the big three console manufacturers. What is one thing they do well, one thing they do poorly, and one thing you're looking forward to? Much love, especially to the saucy minx known as Josh Brun. Oh, thank you very oh, much. Oh, there he is. Yeah, he says it's... <laughs> Oh, made, my, made my day that me and Gollum <laughs> looking like the best bloody most hot duo you've ever I, seen. Sure, I think you should go but, first with this. So you've got um, one thing. They, one thing each of the three console manufacturers does well. One thing they do poorly, and one thing you're looking forward to. Uh, start with Sony. Sony yep. is great at making high quality single player games. Some of the mm. best stories in the entire industry come from that publisher. 
Mm-hmm. However, they are very, very poor at supporting any peripherals that they may want to release. <laughs> they have always been terrible at doing anything other than the core console. PSVR is kind of the exception. They did well with that, and I'm looking forward to PSVR too. But the fact that they don't have a handheld, the fact that they aren't like looking at things outside of the regular PlayStation console ecosystem, to me, always seems like something that they should beyond because yes they've Mm. tried in the past with the psp the ps vita and whatnot and to varying degrees of success but i think a lot of that is actually self-inflicted because they release these things and then kind of fail to give them the support they need and i want to see them fully throw their weight behind a handheld or something else even if it's psvr2 and treat it like they would you know their first party studios or their flagship consoles because i feel like they just kind of go hey do you want this and people say i don't know why should we care and they go i don't know Sony, do you want do you want to buy a unique memory card just for the Vita? No, not <laughs> even for a second. Um, um, yes. Sorry, I'm just going to go on to Microsoft. When it comes no, to Microsoft, I think they're great, uh, especially recently at um, kind of like being pro-consumer. You know, Game mm. Pass is excellent. Their kind of uh, game preservation kind of side of things is cool. And I think it's just ultimately their biggest strength is giving players choice. You know, they, they, they're they not really restrictive in the same way that Sony is. They've always been open to things like cross-play, to things like, you know, being able to play the best games and the biggest games on whatever system you want to own. I think they've always been great for that and not restricting their machines however that may come at the price of some quality because i don't think they're necessarily great at producing games that kind of stick in the memory like sony or even nintendo does you know especially recently they've got all of these studios and yet they haven't produced anything in my opinion on on the level of the last of us or horizon what even was that last i guess halo turned heads but like that's about it Mm -hmm. like it's not there's not a solid catalog there, but I do wish they would put more effort into the the first party stuff, um, or the the big sort of marketing stuff. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't I don't think it's necessarily a novel criticism, but they're definitely no. quantity over quality, and that kind of has its perks certainly but uh yeah that's kind of what drags the power down. wash simulator on game pass right <laughs> totally, now man, i'll play that <laughs> nintendo very quickly they're great at um <laughs> like making the best platformers you've ever played innovating yep. on genres when it comes to uh the select genres that they go for but they're terrible <laughs> at being, they're ter- yeah they're terrible at like rewarding their players at all in their fans yep. in like if you are a fan of Nintendo you are hard done by because the games that you want to play are going to be uh, probably locked off from you or yeah. you're going to have to suffer you know artificial shortages when it comes to amiibos or when it comes to you know things like the mini SNES or even games now with Mario 3D All-Stars. <laughs> if you just yeah, if be even... a Nintendo fan, you have to suffer through some of the worst practices in yep. this industry <laughs> and just kind of accept it, I guess. No, yeah. I massively back that. I actually, I don't know if I read this question wrong, but I think it's easier for the sake of, unless me and Dallas go through all of the companies again, I would largely just echo your stuff. And then yeah. Dallas, if you want to throw anything in, um, uh, in terms of what you're looking forward to or whatever. Agree with it all. And just to carry on with the Nintendo thing, they're just mm. very anti-con- anti-consumer. Mm-hmm. They really don't like their fans. <laughs> I would say it's funny because the PlayStation Stars stuff just got announced in terms of their rewards program, and it's like, yep. look at what Xbox are doing. And I, someone messaged on Twitter to say, like, Xbox's uh, rewards program, the Microsoft rewards program, is more in-depth, way more in-depth now than it used to be. I remember when it first launched, it was just, you can get £5 off a high street voucher, or you can get £5 off 
um, you know, some sort of tie-in thing. Whereas now it's a lot more um, rewarding overall. You can save up enough points to get access to something that is on the store. Um, so you are rewarded for playing more games. But the Nintendo side of that is just, do you want a laptop wallpaper? Do you want a mobile icon or something? It's very, very little um, in terms of uh, this, this similar program. And it's, I think, like, yeah, it must have been back that Nintendo just, they just do stuff. <laughs> and they've just sort of done stuff for so long that we always just go, ah, whatever, you're over there. But even sometimes it is nefarious as hell. And as they sort of push into the space that they're into now, where they release a game that is ostensibly early access, and then just sort of patch it in later, like um, tennis, uh, Mario Tennis Aces, there's the golf game. Um, it feels like they get away with it because that core is so polished. But Mario Strikers was threadbare as well. But Daisy's coming today. Yeah. Is she coming seen today? That? Yeah, well, yes, some, at some point, yeah. But, like, why is that a good thing? Because that should have been in the game at, at the beginning. Well, that's the they're thing. Just... I mean, like, yeah, Strikers is, like, it's two modes and then an online yeah. mode. <laughs> but they've they shipped 75% of a game, and then with every wave DLC for free after that, it's just the rest 5%. And it's just, yeah. why, it's just a terrible practice how they've done it. Well, the customization um, stuff as well in that game is is very very little. Like, there's, it yeah. feels like it's it maybe designed to be a year long thing, but it's not like they've advertised it that way. All they run on is creating that Smash Brothers character reveal hype every right. single time because they know what they're going to do with the Mario Kart DLC tracks. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to hype against that. Daisy coming today for Strikers, the hype's there again. Yep. It's just constant, like little video hypes every time now. That's Nintendo's marketing strategy now. Mm-hmm. I do think odd, that, like, um, to speak of something they do well, I think that, like, obviously they pioneered all the Nintendo Direct stuff. And I think that was, that is a really good way to deliver a series of announcements. You don't need the bluster of like a live event. You can just do a half hour of straight bangers, like in a row. And I feel like the amount that, especially PlayStation, have just copied that, um, does speak to a strength in terms of how people want to respond to being shown new stuff. Um, for a weakness for Sony, communication, like just yeah, ditch the style. blog stuff. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, in relation to telling people what is going on with your new products and your new um, PSVR 2 stuff, or God of War's release date. It's just on a blog with a 15-second teaser again. Um, stuff like that, I think they could do a lot better with that. Um, and also, I just think they could do a hell of a lot better with the PlayStation Premium service. Like, for people like me who forked out for the top-tier stuff, it's like you get two games this month um, in addition to the ones from last month. There's a bunch of Assassin's Creed stuff um, for the mid-tier, for PlayStation Extra, PlayStation Plus Extra, but the Premium mm-hmm. stuff, um, in terms of like a PS1 library or whatever, it's like two games and they're not even anything notable. Um, Dino Crisis leaked and then was removed. It was on the Italian store for a bit and now it's not there. It's like, sort yourself out, Sony. Well, Stray's coming out today, Scott. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's 6 p.m. What the yeah, hell is why? that? Why, like, why, why not a midnight that? release? Yeah, why is it not a midnight release? It's like a weird thing. And then their store was all weirdly functioning last night as well. I guess because they're updating it with all the Ubisoft Plus stuff. But it's like, yeah, what kind of release date is 6 p.m.? <laughs> I was like, let me play your stuff and I'll yeah. communicate that it's not going to be available at midnight. Like, just, you know, that the, uh, sort of Forza stuff. Horizon 5 Hot Wheels DLC comes out at 7 p.m. today for us. <laughs> just randomly, just, just the heat just delay. Whatever time they want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, oh, things we're looking forward to. We should run them down. Mr. James Dowse, do you want Sony, Xbox, or Nintendo? Oh, God. How can I ever choose Would you Nintendo? you like a Halo? Yeah. Screw it. Yeah. I want a game <laughs> that works. I want. Because um, obviously for Halo right now they're showing off uh, campaign co-op, which yes. is nine months after launch, and then <laughs> Forge is coming soon, a year after launch. It's In theory, that game will eventually be a finished game. Max, yes, I would like that as well. Mr. Josh Brown yeah. from the three, what are you looking forward to? 
I'm looking forward to, I had it in my brain and now it's gone. The heat has evaporated. <laughs> I don't know if this is true. There have been a lot of rumors about it over the past few huh. months and we've reported on it. But one thing I am looking forward to, should it happen, mm-hmm. is Fallout New Vegas 2. If that ever happens with Microsoft now owning Bethesda, now owning Obsidian, like that would be an ultimate player for me and I would never stop talking about it ever. So be warned. <laughs> it's rare that you don't mention New Vegas on a weekly basis anyway. It's a, it's a tough time. Um, mine would just be whatever Naughty Dog are doing next. I want whatever their next new IP is because this is the longest time we've gone without a new IP from them. Um, and obviously Last of Us was 2013. And I just want to know what that studio have in the works for their next thing because it's been rumored as a sci-fi game for a while. I know it's not specifically Sony, but it is Sony first party. Um, I want to know what that is. And I, I guess as well on the specific Sony side, I want the new PlayStation 5 dashboard stuff to roll out. Because um, there's just so many weird issues with how they collate their games and the way everything's organized, the way the PlayStation Premium menus work. I just think there's tons to be sorted out with that. Um, like, stop listing PS2 games or PS1 games as PS5 games. Like, what the hell are you guys doing over there? Um, and, and tell me somewhere other than the blog when you finally sort it out. Mm-hmm. Um, next question from Jacob Sawyer, who says, next year we're going to see Insomniac throw down with the kings of the superhero genre, Rocksteady. Who do you think will come out on top? The potential for boss fights is amazing in Suicide Squad Killer Justice League, but do you think they'll throw one level, and do you think they'll throw one level at the end as a tester for a potential Superman game? Now, um, what Jacob Sawyer is getting at is that next year will be Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation versus, in, in theory, versus um, the Suicide Squad game. Where you guys are on this? I couldn't care less about the Suicide Squad. No? No, personally, I don't care about Suicide Squad. <laughs> So we, we're, we're ruling out Lord we're of the well. Rings. We're ruling out Final Fantasy. We're ruling out Suicide Squad. James Dowse, I ask you, is there anything what you do, do I like, like that isn't Mario <laughs> Galaxy? <laughs> and Fortnite. That is a good question. It's so a good next week and I'll answer it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've rinsed you there. I'm sorry. Uh, with this, right, I think everything I've seen from Suicide Squad Killer Justice League looks a little bit iffy i would agree you know i don't know if i love the approach that has been taken i would have personally preferred rock city to make a superman game just straightforward a superman game however what i love about that arkham trilogy is its ability to surprise you know even going into the end of arkham knight where you get those uh, levels where you play from the point of view of the joker and it suddenly becomes a first person shooter like that's what i'm excited to see in this game and i hope there are moments like that that subvert our expectations and give you that extra level of spectacle that i think similarly insomniac spider-man did so well you know that in Mm. a lot of ways was a very basic spider-man game but then it would throw you with certain sequences that were more surreal that took risks and i just hope that they are games that take risks and i i i do think that the ball is in spider-man 2's court i think now that insomniac has been purchased by sony you would imagine they have even more resources it's going to be one of the most if not the most anticipated games of that year and it has to succeed and i just hope that they are able to build on a foundation and you know come out on top i think Mm -hmm. that suicide squad uh, for as good as it may be is building something new even though it's set in the arkhamverse it has it has a bigger uphill battle i think than spider-man so i think spider-man will win Oh, there's a there's a whole. I mean, on, as a ground floor thing for me, I care more about a story than a random multiplayer game. But I also just I think the Suicide Squad game is another uh, Avengers or another Gotham Knights. I think that's what they're building. Like the fact that they keep emphasizing the four player co op stuff and the way that the mission design looks, where it's very it looks like it's defend this point, go to this next point, do this stuff as a group. And um, it just feels like another one of them. And it feels like it was made for a world where that stuff had taken off, which is what um, Avengers was made for as well, and Anthem and everything like that. So my gut feeling is that that's what that'll be. 
and they kind of they'll barely be comparable other than just being superhero stuff. It's going to be Jim interesting Hughes. to see, man. It's going to be really interesting to see. Next couple of questions, and um, one from Elfar Oliver who says, "When's the next chatty faces?" Also, is Doctor Manhattan depressed because he's blue, or vice versa? And will there be a better game this year than Stray? Well, in regards to Stray, <laughs> that game is reviewing very, very well. I've not seen. Anything else other than you can nuzzle cats and knock cans off tables. But that <laughs> might be all I need. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I don't even know what that game is about. I just know no. that you can be a cat and bump into things, which is 10 out of 10 material <laughs> for me. Game of the year. It's like a cyberpunk city where uh, there's no humans. They're all robots. I guess it's like a big mystery thing. I didn't realize it was published by Annapurna Interactive until like yesterday when I looked at the store listing. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm curious how that's going to um, roll out. Month. I have been telling you to how excited I am. It's it great. does look great. I've been there for the car. I go for the car. I stay for the cyberpunk ephemera. I've not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been curious about that game. But yeah, I think this that it looks yeah. potentially very on rails. So it's just sort of hold forward, mm-hmm. go a bit, bit, bit. But I hope you can do more uh, in that world itself. Um, Doctor Manhattan. I just have to assume it's because he has all the powers of the god, and everything seems inconsequential to him, which is how Sony feels most years. Yeah, you know, Doctor Manhattan. He's got he's got a lot of problems. He's got he's got the weight <laughs> of the world quite literally on his shoulders. I I wouldn't like that. I don't no. even like the responsibility of choosing what's for tea. He has the power <laughs> to change the fabric of our lives and reality. So, hell yeah, man, you'd be if down. You can conjure any meal at any time. Does that mean that you eat everything or does it just have complete selection paralysis and you just end up having a chippy tea? I think you. No, I think that's a good power, to be honest. I think you could just yeah. conjure what you want because you're not always craving everything, are you? Sometimes you want a chippy tea. Sometimes you might want a Mackey's. And now, with those powers, you could just like, whoom, yeah. right in your, right in your face. Endless popcorn chicken. Um, in terms oh, of next, endless popcorn just, chicken, just out your wrist, just sort of Spider Man it. Give me, uh, give me popcorn chicken. And um, when's the next chatty faces? Whenever we can get people together. Same thing as with the, uh, with the quizzes. We just need to get a bunch of people in a studio and then mm-hmm. point a camera at them and throw questions at them. So hopefully soon, but um, we will see. It depends if we all survive the rest of today based on the fact that we're almost on 40-degree heat. I really um, like the yeah. last chatty faces we did, you know? like Not, not that I don't like them all, but I thought, you know, after we've had uh, a bit of a break from them, I was really invig- reinvigorated about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully once we sort out everything in the office and stuff, we get, to, we get them rolling because I would like to see them become a regular staple once again. Yes, yeah. same. I think it's, for a while we had, well, for a long time we had them. There was one every week, and it's just the kind of thing where we need people in the office. You need people to be able to hop into the studio, and that goes up against all the pandemic stuff and all the organization stuff. All the same things that we said before. But with the chatty faces live in our hearts, and we'll do more yeah. uh, as soon as we can. Final question from B Dub three eight one five: Which video game series has the best music, and why is it Mega Man? Now that's a that's a oh. hell of a shout for Mega Man. I'm not I'm not against the Mega Man. But if I was going to go with a whole franchise for the best music, it might have to be Mario. It just Ooh. might have to be Mario. I take it as a whole. Somewhere, as a whole. Benjamin Richardson, who <laughs> used to write for us and was amazing, is yeah. his his bells are ringing at that sky. Yeah, he I, knows. I know he just looked true. up somewhere. He's uh, he feels it on the wind. You know what? Good, good, good thought. I'm not as much of a video game musicsman as you two are, Ooh. so I'm just going to say, for me, good thinking. Metal Gear Solid, I think, you know, the oh, different tones in that, the ambient yeah. music in those games are incredible. They set an atmosphere. I love it. In the main theme of Metal Gear Solid 2 is one of the best main themes of Actually, anything ever. I said to Mr. James Dowse and Dan Durkin that I thought Sonic's music was better than Mario, like Ooh. overall. This is oh. when I was doing the, 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 the great replay of all the Sonic games across the last few months. And I kind of thought that Sonic's audio footprint overall, I think that individual songs like Mario's Dia Dia Docs or whatever, are up there but sonic overall maybe has a stronger audio footprint than mario mario galaxy 
just as one singular game beats the entirety of the Sonic catalog. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. true, it is true. But That's my true. answer to that question is Professor Layton games. If you've ever played them, okay. fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. Like that. Like. Yeah, yeah, about that. I think I'll just, I'm only going to throw in Sonic Mania, Sonic Mania's remixes. That's yeah, that tens with Mario. Yeah, okay. Sundays, Sundays. Um, anyway, as we've managed to stay alive, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I have been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by James Dows. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh Brown. I'm going to shove an ice pop up my bum. As well you oh. should, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye. I'm not really yeah. going to do that. It's going to go in my mouth. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.